0: In your box, you should have seen this booklet. Uh, for some, this is your first time going through this kind of a Sunday with us, and so we're going to walk through what today is about, what this book is about, and setting forth the course of the plans for this upcoming year. Uh, it has been my privilege of, of seven of the past eight years to be able to share with you the vision and purpose and plans that the shepherds have laid forth for this congregation, Uh The first thing to say before we kind of set into what we're doing today is to say thank you to Breck and to Ricky, to James and Rick and Terry and Martin and Matt and Gerald. Uh, First of all, for being so intentional with our souls, uh, for having the wisdom, for allowing us to see where it is we are and crafting a tailor-made plan to help us be who God has made us to be. Uh, giving us reachable goals and measurable uh, means of success as we continue to strive to be more like Jesus. In the past seven years, they have crafted, at least since I've been here, and they've been doing this a lot longer, but this is just what I have seen and experienced. They've given us different visions and goals and plans and directives in order for us to continue to press forward, uh, to continue to grow in our walk with Christ. And we've looked at a lot of different things. We've considered excelling still more wherever we are in our walk with Christ in 17, becoming more like Jesus and emphasis on the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, we looked at foundations and what we are building our lives and ultimately this collective congregation about. In 2020, we won't forget that year for a lot of reasons, but it was a year that we focused on seeing life from God's perspective. In 21, we talked about moving forward. In 22, we talked about hand-in-hand with the healer. And then we did something very different this year, and I'm very thankful the shepherds had the the foresight to do so. We married the theme with a hymn, with an old hymn, with a hymn that we sang over and over and over again. And I hope that that did not become annoying. I hope it became endearing to you that the more we spent time with that precious hymn and the more we studied it, and saying it, and came back to it over and over again, that the beautiful truths woven about recognizing God's blessings wherever they are in abundance, and then responding to those blessings with praise and deep devotion to God. I hope that has been entrenched in your heart. Uh, It melts my heart every time I hear Emma screaming at the top of her lungs, here I raise my Ebenezer. And she'll still come out and say, what's that Ebenezer again? And I love the fact that this is something that's been on her heart. And so thank you for walking through this year. And again, the goal from this year, as we're putting it to a close and wrapping it up, maybe just to remind us of why the shepherds chose this theme of this year, of Old found of Every Blessing, was this. It's really easy to focus on bad news. It's really easy to focus on the negatives. But all around us are abundant blessings from God. And when we lift our eyes and count our blessings, the response should be, not pride, blessings. It should be praise to God. Thank you, God, for how good you are to us, how abundantly good you are to us. And then the devotion saying, bind this wandering heart. Let me be ever more committed because of how good you are to us. That's, that's what this thing was supposed to create in us, and I hope it has helped us along the way to change our perspective and to lift our eyes to God and our blessings. So that's where we've been in the past seven years and the things that we have focused on to introduce the thing for this upcoming year. I know it's a little early, uh, partly because the schedule of the year is just going to get a little hectic going forward. And this is the best chance for the majority of us to be here at nine o'clock to catch this vision early. And so we're not going to start it for a couple of weeks, but let's just get it in our mind and get uh, get excited and anticipate the things we're going to be focusing on. So to prepare the theme and to help us get this in our minds, Eric's going to lead us in our theme for the upcoming year of 2024. We're going to be centering our thoughts, as you might have just guessed, on Speak, O Lord. And we're going to be using this song. It happens to be in the way it's laid out here, 12 slides, 12 months. So keep that in mind as we say Duh. No. Thank you, brother. Scene for 2024 is Speak, O Lord. And so you have our book. You're not going to need it right now. Just put it beside you. If you don't have one, there's going to be plenty in the back. There's some in your boxes. And then our sister Hope has put several on the table back there. First of all, if you get a chance today, say thank you to Hope. Everything that's printed and put out for our classes and this material is all done by her. And she does a wonderful work. We don't say thank you enough. So thank you, our sister, for all you do and especially for helping us with this. Speak, O Lord is where we are going. First of all, it's a good reminder that we're, we're marrying the theme again to a hymn, that the more we sing it and the more we get familiar with the song and the message of the song, it will continue to bind that truth to our heart. And so for all of our brothers who lead singing on our fourth Sundays, please continue to sing this song now and to lead this song uh, throughout this new year so we can get this truth in our mind and get familiar with this message and again continue to reinforce the things we're going to be focusing on. If you caught the message, if got the grand theme of this hymn. It takes our attention to the Word of God. The main emphasis of this hymn is to listen to the Word of God speaking to us through His truth. A lot of the message that's said of Ezra, uh, the, the, the priest, Ezra, the prophet, and Ezra 7 verse 10, where it says, "For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel, And then the order there is so crucial. He set out first to learn the Word of God, to know it, to know what it says. And in knowing it, he lived it. It wasn't just information that he took off of a page. It was information he put into practice in his life. And so he lived the very truths that he was learning from the Word of God, but it didn't end there. He learned it, he lived it in order then to share it. That's the emphasis of the Word of God. To know this truth, to live the truth, to be transformed by that truth, and therefore to share this transforming gospel message into the world. There's no question that one of the greatest gifts, aside from Jesus himself, that God has given to us is the Bible, the Word of God. Just through Scripture, if we were to take the time and we could take the hour to walk it through, how God defines the blessings of his Word is just immense. That we come to know who he is the character of God, the heart of God, the will of God, the mind of God, through His words. That we are given everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. We are equipped to have all we need at our disposal to be the people God has called us to be through His words. That we are equipped to do the things He wants us to do. Every good work, the Word of God equips us with the knowledge and the encouragement and the understanding to do so. That his words are the bread that sustains us. Day by day, our spiritual sustenance comes from the word of God. And we are guided, we are led by the word of God. It shows us where we are headed. And it is also that which both protects and penetrates. It is our weapon against the lies of the evil one. But then sometimes it's a weapon against ourselves. It is the sword that pierces our hearts and convicts us of, of sin. It is the word that is promised to those who keep it and follow it to be given a great reward. There's just no end counting all the immense blessings that come from God's gift of the Bible. The reality is we know this. We don't necessarily need a whole screen full of these passages to remind us of this. We know that the Bible's a blessing and we know that we're blessed to have it, that we're blessed to have the Word of God in front of us. Here's the reality and why it is perhaps we need a year to pull us back to focusing on this Word. And 2020. One, It was estimated that 50% of Americans read the Bible at least, notice, three or four times a year. It's not they read through the Bible three or four times a year. The statistic says this, that 50% of Americans pick up their Bible three or four times a year. That's it. The next year it dropped to 39%. Only of Americans are only opening their Bibles three or four times a year. And we might ask the question, aside from our times here in our assemblies, in Bible classes and in servants, thinking back over the year of 2023, on those afternoons, those Mondays to Fridays, Mondays to Saturdays, how often did I open the Word of God? How much time did I spend in the Word of God? It's not that we don't know how important the Word of God is. The problem is we're just not in the Word of God. And thus we're not allowing ourselves to receive the blessings that God has promised to those who are in His Word daily. Here's what's fascinating. A lot of people are curious about what the Bible teaches. 29% say they're, they're strongly curious about what the Bible teaches. 37% say they, they're somewhat curious. They want to know what the Bible teaches. And in fact, some stats are saying that they've read some of the Bible. In fact, of this statistic, only 11% of those, uh, really if you add it with the 9%, only 20% or so have actually read the entire Bible. The majority then, which would be 80%, have never read the entirety of the Bible before. That There's portions of God's Word I've never actually opened. I've never gone through it before. But if you listen to what a lot of people are saying, they want to know. Young people want to know what the Bible teaches. And if you look at quotes like this one, statistics, things like morality about marriage and dating and parenting and about the practical aspects of day-by-day living, they want to know what does the Word of God have to say about these things. And if you ask a lot of people the reason that our society continues to drift further and further into corruption, a large number of people attribute it to the fact that we're just not in the Word of God. 32% says it's a lack of Bible reading on top of all sorts of other corruptions that take place. But that goes back to the issue, because if you ask people, well, why haven't you read the Bible? What's what, what's keeping you from being in the Word of God? There's a lot of things we may say, but you notice that little bar at the bottom of the screen. Thirty-nine percent said it's really no excuse at all. That there's not really one thing. It's not. It's not a boss. It's not too busy of a schedule. It's not that I just don't prioritize it. I just don't. I just don't open the Bible. I, I, I just. I really just don't. In fact, maybe the more crippling statistic is the fact that if you ask about our daily schedules, majority of us are spending our time on other things than what we could be spending the Word of God on. So the theme is this. It's not guilt back to the Bible. It's not shaming us to get back into the Word of God. It's helping us want to get back into the Word of God. I want to know these words. I want to know what God's Word teaches more than ever before. And in knowing what the Word of God teaches, I want to know God more than ever before this year. That's why the hymn we sang, did you feel guilt in singing that hymn, or did you feel pride, pride and thankfulness and the beautiful gift that God has given us in His words? That's what this hymn invites us to you may not be able to read that, and that's okay. Again, you don't need your book. I'm going to walk it through let us. Just walk through the theme. Here's some things we're going to be focusing on and give you some, some thoughts to prepare for, for this upcoming year. Each month on our fourth Sundays, Ricky and I are going to be devoting those sermons to the theme like we've done for the past several years. And just like this year, uh, the nice thing about this hymn is it lays itself out, as Eric said, to a 12-month theme. And so here's how it will go. Again, just listen as we go through it, and you'll see it as it leaves on the page. January, speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food from your holy word. February: take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness. March, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and deeds of faith. In April: Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in fulfilling us all your purposes for your glory. Do you hear how it's a prayer? Where it's praying to God? Lord, as I open up your word, as I come before your precious words. Speak to me. Help me to see you and to understand your truth. And may. Teach us, Lord, full obedience, holy reverence, true humility. June. Test our hearts and our attitudes and the radiance of your purity. Mm -hmm. July. Cause our faith to rise. Cause our eyes to see your majestic love and authority. August. Words of power that can never fail. Let their truth prevail over unbelief. September. Speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. October, truths unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. November, and by grace we'll stand on your promises and by faith we'll walk as you walk with us. December, speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. Do you hear the things we're going to be thinking about and focusing on? Each very unique. Different aspects of what the Word of God provides and and fuels us with. But the direction is the same. Lord, this year we want to hear from you as we open up your Word and spend time in your precious Bible. Now, there are two things I might help with this along the way. The goal is, as a congregation, your shepherds are asking each one of us, let's devote this year to be back in the Word of God, perhaps greater than before to whatever extent you have been in the Word of God this year, let's just continue. Let's excel. Let's deepen. Let's get as a congregation in the words of God and hear from God Himself. Now, one thing that might help us is what we have. We have many families who are going through the class curriculum with our young people, and so we have 12 months of a curriculum that walks through Monday through Saturday, skipping Sunday and Wednesday because of our times in classes, but it walks through the Bible. And now we have these booklets that not only provide the readings for each day of the week, they also give you a short devotional and questions to encourage time as a family to talk about it and study it together. And so if you are someone who has a child and you're walking through the curriculum and you want to keep in step with the things that they are learning here, we have that for you. And all of these devotionals, no matter where you are, are at your fingertips. They're all completed. They're on the website and so if you want a guide or a tool to help you as a family to read the Bible together, that's what these are for. That's why these are given to you. It could be, as we've heard from some, that I don't really have kids in the curriculum anymore. And so I've not really found that tool useful because, because we're just, we don't have kids in that age anymore. And that's why this, this year our shepherds have provided for us a reading plan. It will look a lot like this. And you don't have one yet. You're going to get this in the first of the year. This reading plan then. If you choose not to do the family curriculum, following along with what our children are doing, that's where this will come into play. It's going to be readings for every day of the week, Monday to Sunday. Monday through Friday will take us through the Gospels in a year. And so starting in January all the way to December, Monday to Friday, our reading is going to walk from Matthew to John. On Saturdays, we're going to walk through the Proverbs. And on Sundays, we're going to spend time in worship, preparing our hearts for worship and reading the Psalms. Here's the thing. You may say, I've I've done reading programs before. They really don't stick with me. These readings, you can accomplish in less than 10 minutes. They're not entire chapters. They're not multiple chapters, some of which are only about 20 verses themselves. You'll see below two sections. Put a peg there and walk it off the page. Sections for you to think about that you want. Someone got it. All right. If you don't understand, you may be new here, (laughs) and that's all right. Things to help you as you're reading, things to think about and to apply to your reading. So that maybe if I'm not going through this curriculum, this is a reading that is small enough, manageable enough for us all to do together. And along the way, Ricky and I are hopefully going to take some of the things from these readings and bring it into the pulpit and encourage each other in the back of this little booklet, it's going to be a section for us to pray together. That each week, something for us to pray for as a congregation. And maybe praying for our widows, and maybe praying for our older members, and maybe praying for our young people, and maybe praying for anything specific to what's going on at that time of the year. And there's also going to be an encouragement in the back of the book about how we can draw closer to one another, intentionally spending time with one another, setting goals, and trying to help that be, be accomplished. So it, There may be a multitude of ways that you can accomplish this. Maybe it's going to be with a family curriculum. Maybe you're going to do the reading plan. But can you see together, can we get this? This year, let's get back in the Word of God together. But Whatever way it's going to be. 39% of Americans are struggling to get in the Word of God three to four times a year. And one of the common denominators I have found this year from our own sheep especially of those who have reached out in personal struggles, is I'm just not in the Word of God as regularly as I would like. So let's work on that this year. Let's open up the Word of God and let's learn together. Now, page seven of our notebooks, we say this every year, before you get home, when you sit down at lunch, when you are there at the table, you have this book with you. Open your book at lunch to page seven. Take a picture of page seven. Put everything on page seven in your Google calendars, on your phone calendars. Rip page seven out of your books and put it on your refrigerator because everything you need to know about what's coming up this year is on page seven. So when you're planning your vacations, plan it around page seven. When you're thinking about what you're gonna be doing this year, start it with page seven. When you're curious about when certain events take place this year, don't call Ricky first. Look at page seven and then you can call Ricky and make sure it's confirmed. But page seven... It's a plan for this year. I say that for this reason. Last year I said it because we got a lot of calls about when this is going to take place. I say it for a different reason this year. Our shepherds have laid out, notice that, a full banquet of events for us. Immense opportunities, incredible opportunities for us to be together, which is special. I love being with you. We love being together. We love the fellowship. Our shepherds have provided a year full of opportunities to be together. And it's also time together in the Word of God. We may not be able to be at every event, but to the extent that we can try and be together every time the doors are opened and the opportunities are given, we're going to be blessed. And so page 7 is the plan for this year. I'll walk through some of these events specifically in a moment, but you can just notice what's coming on this year. Our blast is going to be January 12 to 14. Our February special this year is going to be walking through the book of Ephesians. Our elder war, uh, workshop we didn't get to happen this year. We've moved it to March of this upcoming year, March 7 through 9. Our spring gospel meeting with Don Truix will be April 7 to 10. Our summer gospel meeting will be June 14 to 16 with Aaron Kimple. Our preacher and teacher camp will be again June 24 to 28. Our VBS will be July 22 to 26. Our annual singing will be August the 9th on Friday. Our men's weekend will be September 13 to fourteenth, focusing on the book of James. Our fog awesome meeting will be October 6th through 9 with Don Vooden, and then our Legacy Weekend is moved to November 2nd and 3rd. So just a few things just to kind of uh, focus on. Our Blast Weekend is coming up in four weeks. We're four weeks away from our Blast Weekend. Some of you are new to this congregation. Blast stands for building lives around spiritual truths. This is our eighth year for our Blast Weekend. It's a weekend designed primarily for our younger people to try and help them start the year strong in the Word of God, and this year's theme is Our God, He Is Alive. We're focusing on the evidence of God, on his creation, on the purpose of what God has woven into the world around us. We've invited Jarrett Ferguson from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Many know Jarrett from his work in the camp. And so Jarrett's going to come in four weeks, and the weekend will look something like this. On Friday, we're getting together at 7 p.m. There is a God. He is alive. Saturday, we're starting at 1 with the lesson he framed the worlds with his great might." Again, with a lot of emphasis on the creative power of God and authority of God. Saturday, then we break out from 1.30 to 4 to our breakout classes where we'll be focusing for young people on a God whose voice the prophets heard secures life from mortal mind and our God who's son upon a tree and downstairs our shepherds are going to be teaching the same lessons to parents, to grandparents, to anyone who really is just encouraged or wants to know more about those subjects. Our elders are prepared to teach some excellent classes on those materials. And so Saturday, uh, January the 13th, be here. That evening at 7 p.m., we're going to have a singing. That singing is arranged and led by our young people. They already have it laid out. It is an incredible night of singing. The thoughts that they've prepared, the readings that they have arranged, the songs that they have chosen in a certain order, it's going to be a wonderful evening of worship. Please be here Saturday the 13th at 7 p.m., and then we'll wrap up Sunday talking about in Him we live and we survive, and He is our God, the great I Am. Coming up in four weeks, every single one of us are invited. Yep, the idea and the intention is focused more on our young people, but every single one of us will be encouraged from these lessons and from the events of this weekend. We've moved our legacy weekend to the end of the year. Usually it was in September, and we push it back to November, and we shorten the weekend. We shorten it instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just going to be Saturday and Sunday. Both men will speak on Saturday, one in the morning and the one in the early afternoon, and then both brothers will speak on Sunday. We are inviting Joseph Kashmir and David Smitherman this year. Both of them are excellent students of the Word of God, excellent preachers, and we're going to be blessed by their time with us the end of the year, November 2nd and 3rd. This is our third year for Preacher Camp. It's going to be our second year for Teacher Camp. It's a week designed to help our young men and young ladies to learn about the work of preaching, about writing and crafting and delivering sermons, and our young sisters to learn about how to effectively teach a Bible class. This year, we had over 30 young people show up to learn about this work, and it was just an incredible week. Uh, Our young brothers, again, did an incredible job on Friday night with the lessons they both prepared and delivered. And then Sunday, you should have heard the responses from all of our young sisters who taught the Bible classes and how encouraged the teachers were and how encouraged the students were. And you parents have every right to be so very thankful and proud for your young people. We're doing that again this year, June 24 to 28. Ricky and myself... Holly and Jody are going to be involved in teaching and equipping our young men and our young ladies to learn the work of preaching and teaching, continuing to the f- the fuel a future generation in these important works. Ellen, this is our third year going into for the change of our groups. We have changed our groups, uh, it's going on three years ago now, to a new arrangement. And we're just at the point, Ron just sent out the email for signing up for these new groups. I want Ron to get up again, like he did last year, and I would like for him to share with us what we can anticipate and look forward to with our groups' situations into 2024. Ron, I will try to keep up a Jordan pace. All right. So our groups, you should have everybody should have received an email about with a link to sign up for a group. If you have not received the link, an email, and with the link, please let me know. That means something went snafu in the in the email directory on the website. So please let me know if that's the case. If you have any questions specifically about what these groups do in their function, please come and ask me. But let me just kind of give you an overview of each one of them. The first one, the encouragement group. The encouragement group is encouraging. But this this six months, we're going to add a dimension to try to add a dimension to each one of the groups. In this particular group, we will be studying about how to encourage. There are times when we try to encourage someone, we think the words we're using are encouraging to them, and they are not. Because, who knows, the circumstance may be unique, unusual, different, the communication may fail in some way, so we're going to study how to encourage one another. In the evangelism group, this group is a small group, but they are very dedicated, and they are working very hard to work to evangelize the gospel to all of our visitors who come in. And they are doing a very good work. And I'm telling you, if you, want to, if you want to go to a group where almost every single person attends every single meeting, come to the evangelism group. They're a very dedicated group and working very hard. The service group, we're going to expand our service group this year. We're going to be looking more towards providing service and care for anyone who needs it in any dimension mow a lawn, go grocery shopping, go out to lunch, sit down and study, take somebody to the doctor, whatever that case is. So I'm going to put a plug in here. If you know someone who needs that and they're very quiet about it, tell someone in the service group so we can address that need. If you need that help and don't want to let a whole lot of people know about it, Tell one person in the service group, and they will make sure your needs are met. So let's turn the page. Thank you very much. The enfolding group. This group focus is going to focus primarily and solely upon enfolding new people into a group. I don't know about you, but how many of you have attended congregations of like 10 people? Easy to get to know 10 people, isn't it? Anybody attend a congregation of 400? Everybody raise your hand. Okay. Is it easy to get everybody to know everybody? No. So you're a brand new person. You've never been here before. You come in here and you decide this is, place you're going to, this is the place you're going to work and worship. Now get to know 400 names. Difficult, isn't it? This group is specifically dedicated to helping new people find their place. To find where they belong here, to make associations with as many people as possible so that this becomes family. I can tell you my wife and I, we've been how many years? Thirty-eight? Thirty-nine? Something like that. And this is my family. I don't I i I can't tell you that if if I wasn't here attending worship with this group, I feel lost. And that's the way every one of us should feel, because that's God's purpose for the local congregation. Song worship group. This group has been doing a great job of learning new songs. Tom has been doing a great job making sure that we learn new songs and even go back and learn some of those old songs in that book to call The Red Book. And we haven't sung in a long time. Interesting fact. If you go back and look at all the songs in that book, there's over 700 songs. As you know, there's 200 of them that we've not sung at all. At all. Since we've had the book. There's a lot of songs we can learn. And that's what Tom is working on. And that group is is doing a really good job. The deeper study group, led by Ricky. He's chosen the topic of Ephesians. We're going to cover Ephesians in all of six lessons. And so this kind of study is a very intensive study. He gives out a lot of material and he expects you to get that material read and digested and prepared. And then when they meet, it's all about what did we learn? He covered Romans in the last six months. Wow, that was a chunk. So this week this 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 6 month it's going to be Ephesians. So if you want to get in the word and do some really deep study, that's the group you need to belong to. And last but certainly not least is the prayer group. And with the things that have been set out as far as in our various booklets that we have here, here's an opportunity for the prayer group to do even more. And then using this to study prayer to what is, what is the, the best way to pray? How do we pray? What is our disposition in prayer? This is what this group is going to cover, as well as praying for specific needs. So, as it says at the very bottom of page 14, don't forget to sign up for a group. Every single Christian, no matter how young or how old, has a place. Sign up for a group make that choice, and then become involved in that activity. Now, there's one final thing. The groups are going to meet monthly, every single month, every single month. So in doing this, we accomplish two very important things. First of all, those functions that you're seeing, but more than that is associating with other people in this congregation who also are interested in that kind of work the social aspect of us getting together and getting to know one another better as family. So that's the two functions of our groups. To do a specific work, but also to to learn one another better so we become a more tight-knit family of God. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'll have the answer or I'll find it for you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Ronnie. He's done such a great work of helping this get refocused and reorganized. Uh, can I emphasize that enough? If you've not signed up, please sign up. Uh, to all of our leaders who have led the past six months, thank you for your dedication. i going to ask you if you've not signed up yet. Uh, why not? Don't know that answer to me, but you owe it to yourself. And so we need workers. We need you to get involved. We need to know one another. So sign up. Sign up today. Again, when you're at lunch and you're putting page seven in your phone, also grab your phone and sign up for a group when you're there at lunch today. Two more things just before we're done. We have our Bible classes coming up uh, this next year. Our children are going to be starting. They're wrapping up this quarter, going through the captivity and return. They're going to be walking through the wisdom literature, the life of Christ, and Acts. Our capstone classes will take them from focusing on the church, home and family, evidences, and the big picture. And then I'll let you look at page 16 when you get there on your own. But there's a whole list of classes that our adults are going to be uh, preparing to go through this upcoming year, and I encourage you, challenge yourself. If there's something you feel like you know very well, then pursue something you don't know very well. If there's something that you feel like you want to learn more about, then plug yourself into there. Make this a year of growth. Challenge yourself in these classes and come ready and engage to learn. And I'll say for the back pages, the back pages are for our brothers who lead in the Lord's Supper. Just want to say a word. Uh, we, we've done this now for going on eight years where we have provided prompts for our brothers regarding the Lord's Supper, and we've had a lot of different prompts. Uh, Some of them have focused on specific aspects of Scripture, some specific chapters. This year, we've walked through the story of Jesus from the garden all the way now to the uh, post-resurrection. This upcoming year, we're walking through the Bible. We're starting at Genesis, and we're going to trace the theme of Jesus and his sacrifice and his resurrection all through the Bible. I just want to say to our brothers who have devoted themselves to taking these prompts and providing such rich and deep thoughts, Thank you for what you do. You make this such a joy. You are so thoughtful and intentional and studious in your leading of worship, and so thank you for what you have done. That's our plan for this year is walking through Scripture, noticing Jesus all along the way. Now, it's not your typical sermon. I realize that. Thank you so much for just indulging uh, the opportunity for us to walk through the plans. I want to say this before I give this a thought and we head off to Bible classes. I believe it's going to be a great year. Early really do. God has been really good to us this year. Really good. We, we have tasted kindness and goodness and mercy of God in ways we, just, we can't measure this year. And it's so fitting that this year, of all years, we, perhaps by God's providential care, we chose a thing that directed our attention to Him and praise and recognition of His blessings. But I really believe that if the Lord allows us to live another year, and we're given another year together, and this is the theme our shepherds have laid before us, that I believe on the horizon through another year, this can be a year we grow closer to the Lord and deeper in His Word than we ever have before. But here's three things for you, and then we're going to go to class. I was listening to a, a mentor of mine talking about how to make the most of a new year and he shared some thoughts I think would be really helpful to share at a moment like this. First of all, you are responsible for you. And we don't like saying that because the mantra of our culture is, it's not my fault. Now, I'm not where I need to be, but it's not my fault. It's the economy. It's my parents. It's my siblings. It's my children. It's my boss. It's my illness. It's always someone else other than me. That doesn't go very far, though, especially when we start saying it's, it's the fault of the elders. It's the fault of the church. It's the fault of God. God would have none of that because in Galatians 6 and verse 4, Paul says, let each one test his own work. And then he has reason to boast, the reason for his boasting will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. In other words, I am responsible for me. What I want to do, what I want to become, the habits I want to build, the things I want to stop and the things I need to start in a large point is up to me. In other words, the person I become and the things that I do in 2024 is really up to me. It's not going to be the fault of this church. I can't blame it on anyone else. It's up to me. I'm responsible for me, for the things I do, for what I accomplish and what I become. Also to realize that I'm responsible for progress. It's really easy just to kind of stop. To settle for the status quo. It's easy to allow the hiccups and the pains along the way to keep us from moving forward. But remember our aim in Christ is not perfection, it's progress. Progress going forward. Paul would say, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's not perfection, but it's going forward. And again, I can't do that for you, and you can't do that for me. I can't make you grow. I can't make you read your Bible, and you can't make me read my Bible, not as much as we might think we could. I can't make my wife grow, and she can't make me grow. I am responsible for my progress. And so if I'm going to accomplish what Paul set out to do, and that is to press forward, then that's going to be on me and on my choices and on my attitudes. And then maybe here's the hardest one, because all this may sound really good and we like the theme and we're there behind it, but then it's really sometimes hard to just get started because we're saying, I'm going to start first thing tomorrow, but we have a meeting tomorrow, a work meeting, so I'm going to start next week. Next week's a holiday week, and so I'm going to start next month. But then next month, there's a baby coming. We can put it off, and the reality is that we stack up enough. Tomorrow's all we have. is just a lot of empty yesterdays. I like what's said in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. He who watches the wind will not sow. He who looks at the cloud will not reap. In other words, if I'm looking for ideal situations, they're never going to come. Sometimes, you just have to start. You just have to do it. And so, we're just going to start today. As messy as it is, as unorganized or unideal as it is, turning off the TV and sitting as a family together around the table. We're just going to start today. Even though we're we're sick and we have tissues and medicine piling up, we're going to start today, opening up the Word of God and being in it together. We're going to start today, even though we're not feeling good, and even though there's a lot piling up, that I'm going to hold my mate's hand before we go to bed, and we're going to pray together, and we're going to make that a goal every night of 2024 to pray together to God, ending each day in prayer. Whatever it is, it may not be ideal, but I'm responsible for me and for my start. And let's be reminded of something before we go to class, because this will be a wonderful attitude to carry in our hearts as we go to study together the Word of God. This is not about guilt. It's not about shame. It's about desire. David said, let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. I've chosen. I've chosen your words. I've chosen this year to be in your words. I've chosen to listen and to learn from your words. I desire, I long to know more of your words. Let that be our prayer and our aim, not only as we go into class, but for a year yet to come. Lord, help me long and hunger for your truth, to listen to you as we hear your beautiful words. May God bless us in a year yet to come. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at the bibleway.com questions at the bibleway.com we'd love to have you in person come if you can but thank you for connecting with us